Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Welcome back to No Thank You Next. I'm Megan and I talk about true crime stories that happen while dating. And I'm Rachel. I talk about true crime stories that happen while married. Welcome. Welcome. It's a Friday, but Monday possibly for you. The <laughs> weekend is very far away, but not for us. I cannot fucking wait for this weekend. I'm I'm excited for you. That's going to be super well, fun. I mean, not just because it's fun, just because I'm not at work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. That's what I'm mostly excited. I mean, I did have work off today. <laughs> guys I today am such a nerd but I insisted upon getting a student ID so I'm taking a course at a local city college uh, or community college and I got an ID card so today I went to the campus and I'm definitely one of those people that needs to know everything about where I'm going like oh same like when I did you visit your high school before you even went to high school uh did I no well you know I don't remember I think I feel like I did because I was also like on the flag and dance team so it was like oh so you just ended up on the campus like I just ended up on the campus anyway yeah yeah Yeah. um I was like I'm always making things a bit like I need to get my schedule and then know where the buildings are like I did that for every like every school I went to after high school, I have done it at every college. Like I need to know, like I do not be lost. It's the worst. And the reality is like, yes, I'll probably give myself enough time, but I need to know which parking lot I need to park in that's closest to the building. I need to know like how really how far it is from building. Anyways, I took the day off today because I needed to get a student ID and they had given us like credit because of COVID, like to each student, $150, like gift card to the student um, store. And so, yeah, I don't think I need any books for my course. I could have really fucked myself because I spent all of it today. (laughs) 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 Well, that free money really burned a hole in your pocket, huh? (laughs) I actually, yeah, I actually bought, I needed a new hard drive for our podcast because my hard drives. Oh, so I bought a new hard drive. It was like a hundred dollar hard drive that I definitely would not have paid out of pocket. Like no. I, f- you know, I feel like mentally, like if you have a gift card somewhere, like you can use that gift card to buy something fucking stupid, but the thought of your own hard earned money being put towards that kind of like really upsets you. So like the thought of me using this gift card <laughs> to buy a hard drive, it feels like a, a kind of like a, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I got away with something, but yeah, it's like a freebie. Yeah. But at the same time, if I find out I need books, like I don't feel that upset. I have to buy the books with my money, right. you know, right. cause I already no, have a hard sense. drive. Yeah. Like yeah. I already have a hard drive. It just doesn't work properly oh. all the time. So yeah, you can't count on that. No, I can't count on it, but it does work. So it's like one like bras. I don't want to buy bras all the time. Like it works. It holds them up, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, Ugh. so bras, the worst. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, just the ex- weekend. I, I was just excited. just excited. I had today oh, off. Yeah. yeah. I was excited for school. I'm excited for a new adventure. I'm excited for life, you know? Yeah. But yeah. this, this week, 
you know, this week was a rough one, but one positive thing in my week was, well, actually it started last week, but this week's episode was like jaw on the floor. So I've talked about this podcast many a times called something was wrong. I've mentioned Mm -hmm. this podcast so many times on our podcast and it is so fucking good. And I'm so proud of her. So last year she was actually picked up by crime junkies podcast network. Okay. Yeah. And she's actually on their network and she has producers. She has editors. Like she's not doing it alone anymore. Yeah. Dang. I know. Like she, it's so good. Like I always like the content was always there. But, like, the amount of work she had to do for the podcast, like, I'm just proud that she's made it to a place where, like, it has the structure and, like, the editing chops that, like, it deserves. Mm So, it's so good. But this season specifically is the first season that has now been on a pod, that she's on a podcast network. And it is such a crazy story. It actually takes place in California. Okay. So... I'm going to say spoiler alert. If you don't want to listen, if you want to go and listen yourself, go ahead and go. But for the people that are like, they like spoilers, I'm here for you. So (laughs) stay with us. I love a spoiler. So basically this podcast, something was wrong. Every season is a topic of like either someone catfished, uh, a mystery was solved and there's like a drama in a family someone lied about an illness, uh, someone lied about who they were. Like it's all kinds of stuff, but it's the bottom line is like, you felt something was wrong. So basically this woman, she meets this British guy and he's not good looking. He's a real uggo, but he has a British accent. (laughs) He's going, he's working at UCLA to become a doctor. He's like, has a lot going for him. Mm-hmm. And she meets him eventually over time, they end up uh, becoming engaged. Then they have a baby and he is just like, he turns into a very mean person. And so oh. her family begins to investigate him and they find out that a lot of things that he's telling her are not true. But she chooses to believe him and their relationship goes on. And as their relationship goes on, she starts to like, so a big red flag was his car was stolen and a police officer calls her and says a different name than what her fiance's name is. And she's all, okay. that's not his name. So she tells the police officer his name. He's all, okay, well, you didn't tell me that. And she's like, okay. And she mentions for some odd reason that he's here from England. And he's all, he didn't have an accent when I talked to him. And she's like, are you stupid? Like, what are you talking about? Like, she's like literally postpartum, like just like in a mood, like does not give a shit. Also, he had been trying to say that this police officer had been harassing and stalking him as if his car, like his car was stolen. He's like, he's acting like I did it on purpose and blah, blah, blah. Like, so she already has like a bad, like 
background on this cop like she's thinking that he's like trying to ask information from her like that he's harassing her the family so she's like what are you talking about how can you not tell he's british blah blah blah. that's a red flag on its own and he tells her he says ma'am i think you're a victim of fraud from everything you're saying if you ever need help contact me (gasps) and she hangs up on him so that's how the story starts wow the way okay this week's episode was so jaw-dropping truly i was like what the fuck so (laughs) basically time goes on he ends up coming to her well, first he starts threatening he's going to take the baby. Like, their relationship, they're just roommates at a certain point. Like, there's no affection, nothing. And right. he tells her, he's going to take the baby. What would you do? Blah, 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 Like, threatening her. And then he just starts staying out late at night. Like, every night he's out till, like, the, he doesn't come home till the morning. And he is no longer working residency to become a doctor. So she's supporting them. And she's just kind of like up to here and he Uh says he's with his friends blah 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 well here comes a man they start interviewing in the episode and his wife met the british guy Uh in a bar and she leaves her husband to be with him what and the british guy hides it from his fiance like the uh, the layers i tell you and the way this man tells a story you feel so deeply sad for him his wife is just like everyone's telling her like she comes home and she's like their relationship was clearly ending and they were trying mm-hmm. to figure things out and he's just okay. like so so like in love with his wife and he wants to make it work but she's like i'm in love with this other guy i want to see what happens and like she's like telling him all these things about him he's rich he's from england he has family money he's a doctor he's this he's that and she's like he's just like googling things constantly when he finds out new facts like he was robbed the last week he googles it in los angeles and there was no robbing like that would have made news and he like every time she brings something new or to a friend or to him huh and then the shocking twist at the end was that the husband asks his wife are you using protection or are you having sex with him and she says yes and he says are you using protection she says no i want another baby that was one of their big issues in their marriage he didn't want another baby and he's like and he's gonna give me the other baby i wanted oh my god wow so she Is has this... her own motive. That's yes. insane. Guys. Like it just goes so much further than just yes. like, how I want out of the relationship. Yes. Oh my God. This story is so fucking crazy. People are weird, man. That's just I so know. nuts. Like I feel so deeply for this man. They had two children that were still like young. They weren't like fully gone to college yet and they were buying a new home trying to get like a better life for them and she was a stay-at-home mom 
so he really like she just like the kids had gone to like high school or I think middle school I can't remember specifically but she had more time on her hands so okay yeah so he was very supportive of her finding like stuff to do with her friends and she would lie and say she was going to the bar with her friends but then she would go and like meet him yep I could not imagine doing that shit like I just could I just I can't I would never do that to my husband. Like I would, even if I have idle hands, it's like, fine, then go paint a room in the house or like go start making jewelry or like (laughs) become a dog groomer, practice piano, start an Etsy business. Yeah, do something, but don't go to a bar, meet a random person who is lying to you to get into your pants. I know. And then uh, like what? sweet things is he saying to get her to say like yes yes I will leave my husband and my new home and my kids for you like stuff a golden dick crazy like what what is the appeal Uh his accent yeah I don't know fake an accent I don't (laughs) I know apparently he's rich but the reality was that he wasn't even paying for anything his fiance has been supporting him oh so he's so messy it's the it's so messy so so messy next week's episode is the fiance goes to her parents house of course he does the whole cliche like um isolating her from her family and support system so yeah so he's really made her parents out to be like the enemy and so she goes to visit her parents and brings the baby and he had said that they weren't allowed to see the baby but she was just like you know what like I need to go see my family blah blah blah. so she goes and she's sitting on the porch with her dad and her dad says what would it take for you to leave him and she's like "Ugh, this again and she's like well he had brought up that he was bringing he kept taking the baby by himself because he said that he had a friend that had a baby and they were similar ages and it was just fun to have them like to hang out well her father says you know those friends that he keeps saying that he's hanging out with with the baby they're on their way here so i think it was the i think it's the wife and the husband that they were interviewing yeah and, and then they I finally that was get their to name. meet the other woman or the fiance holy shit holy shit oh my god I feel so awful for them I know but she seems really strong like as she's telling the story she seems really strong about it like yeah. she doesn't seem like I mean she I think she does break down a few times but she seems yeah. very strong in it. It is a recent, like, I believe that he, this all like started happening before COVID. And then some of it does come into like 2020. So it's, okay. it's somewhat fresh, but yeah, she seems very strong and like how she's like talking and conveying her story. And it's like, Ugh. I know it's like Edge never of in a million my years that you see. Think- yeah. Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine being in that situation. You think you know a guy. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. But yeah, I highly recommend you guys go listen to the podcast because hearing her tell the story, 
of course I gave it zero justice like it is so compelling like it is oh, so I have to listen to it like that, that is like my favorite part I love listening to people's stories mm-hmm. like that's why I always bring people on our podcast if I can get them on like yeah because it's like to me hearing someone tell their story is so powerful and oh, yeah. Yeah. So like this podcast, when she has people on that are like telling their story, it's just so, so, ugh. I just like, especially when it's such a wild story, you know, Mm -hmm. like you get a different perspective instead of just like reading articles. It's like you get the first hand account of what happened. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I have all this new free time on my hands now that still a couple days a week. So I can just stream that and I don't have to listen to little baby ears. Truly. listening to my shit it's like honestly or like while you're cleaning or doing something else like laundry yeah. just listen to it because truly it is oh my god it's so good it's like the game of thrones of podcasts right now for me <laughs> like it's like i am there can't wait right for the next the episode yes on the edge exactly. of your seat like what's exactly. new what happened exactly. i need to know more <sighs> exactly. awesome well, That's I so have cool. a story for you if you're not already listening to Something Was Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already left us to go find that podcast and start listening <laughs> to it, I don't blame you, but please come back. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have the story for you today. It is of Noor Mukadam. I honestly, guys, this entire story takes place in another country. So there's a lot of names that are difficult to say, but I'm going to okay. try my best. So Noor is seven. No, she's not. She's 27. (laughs) Noor is 27 years old and the daughter of a former diplomat. Shakat Mukadam. Noor is living in Istanbul. An artist and an animal lover, Noor had just been commissioned to paint her first mural. As a child, Noor spent, you know what? I feel like all of this is not double spaced and that's why I'm like really having difficulty. I like allowed myself to not do that. And then like, and I was reading, yeah. And as I was reading it, I was like, oh no, it's fine. It's not fine. (laughs) Okay. So yeah. Um, (laughs) As a child, wait, did I, oh no. As a child, Nora spent time in South Korea Oh my God, why can't I see? Wow, you're off to a real good start. <laughs> no. As a child, Nora spent time in South Korea and Ireland due to her father's diplomatic role. Friends describe her as down to earth and trusting. She was concerned about human rights and had taken part in the Arwat March on International Women's Day earlier this year. She was outspoken in a country where honor killings and crimes against women are a common practice. So I know. So I'd like to mention uh, everything that's happening in Afghanistan. This has nothing, the story has nothing to do with Afghanistan, but the through line of these stories are so, so similar. Okay. Like um, basically the story you're about to hear and what Norse stood for so resonates with what's happening in Afghanistan 
they, the women of Afghanistan had started to get some new freedoms as women. And now mm-hmm. that the Taliban has began taking over the country, the posters of women are already being taken down. Husbands and fathers are buying hijabs and any type of clothing that will cover the entire body of their daughters and wives. And the fear of the Taliban killing the women in this in the country is so, so real. Mm-hmm. The streets are only filled with men out of fear. And this is truly the world we live in in 2021. And it's honestly fucking terrifying to be a woman in any place. But right now in Afghanistan, it is fucking sad. So mm-hmm. women marched and fought for small steps they thought were going to be their future and it was all taken away within days. So for Noor, she stood for the rights of women and in so many Middle Eastern countries, it's a new concept. And before she died, this was something that she was very, very passionate about. So when you hear what happens in her story, it is, I think, something that no one ever ever thought would happen to her nor does anyone ever think what happened to any woman but right you know it's um it's just incredibly devastating so something that we actually have touched based on in this podcast was that during covid lockdowns there has been a sharp rise in domestic violence did we talk about that didn't we talk about one time we did we did mention that yeah okay um which many see as fueled by growth in religious conservatism conservatism, and the government's failure to tackle this issue. That's not so much in America. Um, a domestic violence bill was put on hold in early July after objections by the Council of Is- Islamic Ideology, despite being passed by the National Assembly. Basically, they're still fighting in this country, but nor is like for them, baby steps, but it's getting there. So um, Noor ends up dating Zahir Zakir Jafar. He is a dual Pakistani American citizen and the son of a wealthy businessman. Noor's father and the Mukadam family also lived for some time in Ireland. So their families had known each other for a long time before Noor began to date Zahir. Okay. Yeah. So they had known each other for a while. It wasn't just like a random meeting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, like if you kind of have a resume for someone and you know them for a long time, you kind of like trust them. You have a lot of like, and the families knew each other. So it was just kind of like yeah. when this situation happened, it was very alarming to everyone involved simply because they had known the family. So, mm-hmm. as this story is a current story, there isn't a whole lot of information on their relationship itself other than friends and families didn't object to their relationship and seem to be like a happy couple. Of course they had their moments, but when what happened in July of 2021 happened, it was shocking to everyone, even strangers who didn't know nor, but are tired of the country as a whole, not protecting women. So the timeline of this incident stretches back to July 17th when Zahir booked a one-way plane ticket to New York. Zahir's departure was scheduled at 3.50 a.m. on the morning of July 19th. 
At around 1 p.m. on the afternoon of the 18th, Zahir made arrangements for a taxi to transport him to the Istanbul International Airport the following night. He was informed that he would be charged 2,000, I'm not sure what RS means, like rupees? I don't know. I don't know what the, I really should have looked up the Istanbul currency. <laughs> Uh, Turkish lira. Oh, okay. Yeah, Turkish lira. Okay, well, 2,000 2, Turkish lira for the trip. I'm not sure what that converts into American dollars. Rachel, would you like to guess? <laughs> $5. For <laughs> $5 for his trip. That <laughs> evening, Zahir made a phone call to Noor. Noor was at home at the time in Istanbul's Naval Acreage neighborhood. So at 9.05 p.m., Noor left her house and headed to Zahir's house, reaching his house around 10 p.m. While on her way, she texted Zahir about two times, ask about, it was two times, asking when he was going to be home because when he had called her to come over, he wasn't home at the time. Okay. Investigative sources indicate that after Noor reached Zahir's house, Zahir made a series of calls to the travel agency, which he had booked his flight to New York through, inquiring if he could change his travel date. Zahir was told that his ticket would go to waste if he changed the ticket, to which he asked, like, how was my ticket wasted if he was informing the agent three hours in advance. Right here, guys, it just tells you the audacity that begins to emerge in the entitlement of his, like, wealth and, like, what a douche he is. Like, three hours before our flight, he's like, yeah, so I'm giving you three hours notice. Bitch, you should already be at the airport. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you not here? Like, why are you Mm -hmm. calling me from home? So... The agent told Zahir that he would try to cancel Zahir's flight, but that the notice period was too short. Oh, then he asked if he could change the flight, blah, blah, blah. So he, so all of this is like so fucking weird because you'll find out soon that he actually had a trip planned with Noor. So it's just very odd that like he had like these travel plans outside of the ones he had within hours. So Hmm. finally through text it's confirmed that he's not going to change his flight and he wasted everyone's time he goes on with his night at around 11 p.m the taxi that zahir had booked arrived and the taxi driver called zahir at 11 15 and was told to wait followed by another call then at 11 36 telling him to continue to wait and then at 12:07, a full hour later almost he is finally coming out to the taxi oh my god Um, yeah then he tells the driver to turn around he's no longer going to the airport he hands him a thousand turkish and what is that an american (laughs) i mean i made that up (laughs) 25 cents 25 cents so he hands his gatekeeper 25 cents to give to the taxi driver. That's not a fact. That was a made up amount. At 1.40 <laughs> a.m., Zahir got another call from the same taxi driver saying like, dude, 
thank you so much for this money. You didn't have to do that. I would be happy to come back and pick you up if you change your mind because you paid me so much. 25 oh, wow. cents okay. is a lot in this time. It was a lot. I looked at it and if you convert Turkish lira to the United States currency, a thousand dollars in Turkish lira is like a little less than $120 American. Oh, wow. Okay. So he says, I'll come back if you change your mind. Okay. Um, so Zahir then asked the driver to come back. The taxi came back at the house to the house around 2 a.m. to take him oh. to the airport. It's 2.15 and he comes out of the house with Noor and she's barefoot. Both, they both get in the taxi and the taxi finally leaves around 2.20 a.m. While on the way, Zahir suddenly tells the driver to turn back and head home. When the jack, I know, when the driver inquired (laughs) the reason for heading back, Zahir responded by telling him that they were too late and would not be able to reach the airport in time. This taxi driver dropped them at Zahir's house at 2.35. According to the driver, Noor was completely silent throughout the entire trip while Zahir continued to speak to her. The Hmm. driver saw Zahir take Noor and his luggage back into the house at 3.58 a.m. Which, like, that confuses me because, like, why was he taking luggage and Noor to the airport on a flight that she wasn't going to take. Right. Why was she barefoot? Also that, like, Who are I don't they trying know. to throw off here? That's very I don't, strange. I know. And it's like, it almost seems like she was like out of it. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like she just wasn't. Cause like, yeah. Like if you're. Like alluding coherent. to like, maybe she had been drugged or something. Maybe. Like she wasn't coherent. Something. She wasn't yeah. really like with it. Or just something like that something was off. Like, why would she get in the towel? Like, maybe he was threatening her or I don't know. That's odd. I know. Hmm. So at 3.58 a.m., Zahira made another call to his travel agent, which they did not pick up because they're fucking tired of him. Three in the morning. That's just like psychotic. I know. So all of this is like super chaotic. Nor seems to be completely like out of it. Just as if her body is there, but her mind wasn't. It's discovered later that Zahir had a flight with Noor 17 hours after they were dropped back by the taxi. So that's what's confusing. Like, it's as if he planned something and then booked this trip to New York to leave the country. But he didn't accomplish what he wanted to do before he was leaving. I don't know. Like, that's what seems so chaotic. Like, he had planned on doing something to Noor, and then he didn't get it done before he needed to get that flight to America to leave the country. And because why would he have booked another flight 17 hours later? And she wasn't going to New York. So, it just doesn't make sense. It's all like it's chaotic. It makes nothing makes sense. So, soon after they got home, Noor received texts from her parents asking where she was. Nora's father sent her three texts at 12.57 on July 20th asking where she was, followed by a text from her mother at 1 a.m., but Nora did not respond to messages. It's believed by this point Zahar, Zahir had confiscated Nora's phone Oh, at, okay. Yeah. So at 548 a.m., her mother sent her more text and voice messages, and followed by 
calls from two family friends, but no one answered the phone or responded to the text messages. Finally, at 10.43 a.m., Nora managed to send a voice recording to her mother, and those details have not been disclosed to the public, but it was, so it's at least known at 10.43 on the 20th, she was alive. After she sent the message, Zaheer takes the phone back after he found out that she took it Mm -hmm. and calls her mom three times from his own phone. Like, so suspect because they hadn't even contacted him to see if she was with him. No. Like, it was like he didn't realize that he was answering a question that was being asked on her phone. Right. So he calls her and tells her that she's not there. So it makes it super obvious that she was there. Yeah, exactly. So Nora's phone. Oh, wait, sorry. I went back up to the top. Guys, this is going to be a real, I'm not going to edit a lot of this. You're going to just work through this with me. So, <laughs> Fair warning. It is, I know, fair warning. From 11 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., Nora is believed to have been held in captivity by Zaheer, during which she was tortured. Nora did attempt to escape by jumping through the balcony and reaching the security guard's room, thinking he would help her. But she was chased by Zaheer and the security guard handed her back to Zaheer. No. Yes. No. Isn't that fucking terrible? Oh my God, I would be just be so terrified. I would be so scared. And also like, why would you do that? Yeah. I'm sure it's a man she passed by every day, like going to his house, just being like, hey, hi, like, how are you? And like, oh my God. He fucking does that to her. Like, just, yeah, so fucking sad. Now things are about to get graphic, guys. Nora's decapitated body showed signs of torture wounds and stab wounds. Oh no. A leaked audio tape revealed that after the murder, the friends of Zahir gathered around the house while his parents, instead of calling the police, called Therapy Works, a counseling and psychotherapy center. No. Yes. No. Knowing full well that she had, he had just murdered his girlfriend. No. Therapy Works staff reached the location and tied up the suspect. Their team member was injured in the process. So he oh, wasn't God. even like, yeah, I also think I'm insane. I'm going to go to this therapy place. Like, no, the parents were trying to hide him from the police, basically. Holy shit. Yeah. So thankfully, police did make it to the scene, which isn't really explained how police were contacted. Maybe it was the therapy work staff, like being like, yeah, uh, this seems super fucking suspicious. Yeah. So he's not compliant. And yes. now we're getting hurt. Yeah. So the police is of the view that the murder could have been prevented and had the security guard informed the police at the time that he fucking gave her back. So the security guard was later arrested as well because he also got more involved than just giving her back to Zahir. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's so sad. I know. Like, everyone's evil. Everyone in this story is evil. 
So according to police, Sahir had previously been deported from the UK for involvement in a sexual harassment case. Data recovered from Sahir's phone indicated he had been involved in violence against women in the past as well. Wow. So his facade was quite good, but I'm assuming behind closed doors, their relationship was not as good as it looked on the outside. Mm-hmm. So following the murder, a first information report was registered against Sahir under Section 302 of the Pakistan Penal Code, and the suspect was arrested on site. Later, police also arrested Zahir's parents and the house servants on suspicion of complicity in the crime and the hiding of evidence. Good. Good. Fuck them. Good. 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 On August 15th of 2021, police were able to match fingerprints and DNA from samples collected from the weapon used to murder Noor, confirming Zahir's involvement in the murder. So he's fucking guilty as fuck. Mm -hmm. Zahir's name was placed on a provisional national identification list and exit control list by the Pakistani government to prevent him from fleeing the country. Finally, this guy cannot get out of his shit. Like, fucking finally, like, the American entitlement (sighs) was probably, like, coursing through his veins, and he was like, but I'm American! And, like, trying to get back to America. (laughs) Like, is he just a dual citizen? Yeah, exactly. They have a statement at the end, and it's chef's kiss. So, the murder and its gruesome nature sparked strong, strong condemnation and public outrage in Pakistan. There have been calls to bring the predator to justice, According to the Washington Post, the name Noor Mukadam has ricocheted through Pakistan's news and social media and renewed focus on the country's plight of tackling cases of violence against women. Prime Minister Imran Khan directed the Istanbul police to make no concessions while probing the murder of the emphasize of murder and oh wait sorry make no concessions while probing the murder and emphasize the delivery of justice. Public celebrities from the film and music industries tweeted under the hashtag Justice for Noor to rally their sentiments on the issue. Communities amongst the Pakistani diaspora also expressed their grief on the incident, holding vigils for Noor. Some question whether Noor's plight would have been reached mainstream had she not been the daughter of a diplomat or belonged to a well-to-do family amid public speculation that the Jeffers family would try to wield its influence as well. So mm-hmm. probably because it's like a lot of, it, like, yeah, there's probably a lot of women that have died in this that country and like truly they don't even make the news. So yes, maybe her story went mainstream because of that, mm-hmm. but hopefully it makes change for everyone that there are you know the Jafar family released a statement to the media where it extended its condolence to the Mukdam family while adding that they categorically condemn this atrocity and forever denounce Zahir and his and his actions which I think it's this extended family and Zahir's Mm -hmm. maternal side the Adam G family also issued a condemnation in which it expressed its grief and stated we have not and will not support Zahir Jafar in any form we wholeheartedly and unequivocally support the law of the land taking its course justice for Noor must and will be served wow so yeah 
Zahir later confessed he believed Noor had been cheating on him and he got mad. This is an ongoing case, but the family wants the death penalty for Zahir. And for those of you who remembered, he was a dual American citizen. Well, clarifying its position on the issue whilst noting Zahir's status as an American citizen, the U.S. Embassy in in Istanbul tweeted, in a foreign country, U.S. citizens are subject to the country's laws. When Americans are arrested abroad, the embassy can check in on their well-being and provide a list of lawyers, but can't really give you legal advice, participate in court proceedings, or affect their release. So basically, rot in hell slash jail for the rest of your life. Fingers crossed. And that is the sad, sad story of Noor. Wow. Yeah, I hope. I mean, there's so much evidence against him. Like, it would be impossible for him to be like, oh yeah, you're totally innocent. I I truly think that going to make an example out of him and i hope they, they should i hope yeah. they do because just because you're rich just because you have status does not mean you are safe no like no just so fucking like like i don't know the night for the night that this all happened like is so chaotic like i don't know if he had like a mental break was it just who he was and like all of this was planned and he had plans to go to New York so that way he could get away with it I don't know like there's still so much they haven't discovered in this case and of course I will bring you guys more information if it comes out but like it's just like ugh, like what the fuck exactly truly it's just so heartbreaking that is so so heartbreaking so sad ugh the fact that it could have been completely prevented had that dumbass security guard just took a whiff of precaution and was just like oh she's probably getting away for a reason she's probably like even if he even that's the thing is like they believe or just ask her are you okay do you need help that's you know it's like i feel like yeah i feel like in these countries they just don't give a shit about women it's like oh you're running away from your owner like you're in trouble yeah like you're in yeah. trouble what did you do you're running away like here you must have done her. something wrong yeah mm-hmm. and I think like they said he may have had more involvement mm-hmm. so perhaps maybe he like, was paid yeah I mean his loyalty obviously like- laid with the family but it's just like and imagine the parent like ugh my kid fucking murdered someone i can't imagine just being i mean there's so many shows about it like they try Mm -hmm. to help like hide the shit for the kid and whatever like but it's just like uh you can't i don't know i can't imagine being on their side yeah exactly trying to cover it up yeah i just don't know it's like i know i don't know either putting yourself in your in like if Sam murdered in, in that position, yeah. Like it would just be like I don't I don't even know what to do. Like, ugh. I remember uh, listening to a Sword and Scale episode, uh-huh. and the this kid who was like I don't know, maybe he was like seventeen. <gasps> I who, know like, exactly kidnapped the what girl. Fucking story you're about to yeah. tell. And he like hid her body under the house, yep. and then when he finally told his mom, she was like, "You're turning yourself in." Like yep. immediately was like. You yeah, know she was crying as she did it on the phone. Like, yeah, she, she didn't. It, it just completely it's not what she wanted. Night. Yeah, like no. she didn't want the, to do that, but she wasn't gonna no. let her kid get away with it. 
no he like wasn't he even helping trying to find her yes yeah i can't like yeah he was like helping with search parties and stuff but it's like oh yeah you have her clothes in your room like where is yes he was under her bed her water his water bed i think or something like that something like that yeah and and then i think maybe he like hid parts of her or oh right in like a it was under the it was in a crawl space yeah something like that i wish i could remember the name God, it was such remember. an awful awful story yeah, but yeah that was. mom immediately was like this like, breaks my heart to do this yeah. but you knew what you did was wrong like you're trying to hide it mm-hmm. you know what you did was wrong and then yeah. her heart probably went out to the family who lost their daughter oh she's yeah super for young. sure she was she's like, like yeah eight yeah elementary school kid yeah that story just fucking messed me up dude <sighs> yeah. yeah it's like you just you have to do the hard thing sometimes it may seem like you want to help them but when they do something so atrocious there's no coming back from that Mm, no you cannot help them they have already gone way too far yeah so the his immediate family his parents and the people that he pays tried to help him but from those responses that i read at the end the rest of his family is like fuck that guy he's Mm -hmm. a piece of shit and we will not support him no so yeah good story (sighs) good story. (laughs) i know for real Mm -hmm. all right guys well i guess we'll see you all next week for another horrible story goodbye bye